Thank you for listening to the Grace Chapel Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Kurt Henley. For more information about our church, visit our website at gracechapel.cc or follow us on social media at Grace Chapel, Ohio. Turn to Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 37. I'm always the last one there, so uh, give me just a second. But verse 37, it begins this way. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain. Now, the context here, we saw this last week, that Jesus went up on a mountain with Peter, James, and John. And while they were there, Moses and Elijah appeared. And then Jesus was revealed. Jesus revealed his glory. And listen, the disciples were on cloud nine. They were experiencing the glory of God, and it was so good. And they just wanted to stay in that moment. They just wanted to stay on that mountaintop experience. But they couldn't. There was a mission to fulfill down in the valley. And so listen, they're coming down from the mountain. They're coming down from the blessing into the battle. And so listen, is that not our experience as well? That we go from mountaintop experiences with God where, you know, we experience His presence and it's so good. Maybe you just experienced it in worship a few minutes ago. And, and listen, you just want to stay in that moment where you feel God's comfort and, and your faith soars and you, you feel His presence. You just want to stay there. But we can't. We have to come down into the valley. We have to go from that blessing into the battle. And so verse 37 again says this, On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him, that is Jesus. Now, the Gospel of Mark adds here that in that crowd there was some scribes there, and the scribes were arguing with the disciples, and they were arguing about the demonic realm. And so the scribes here, they wanted to argue theology because the disciples had failed to deliver a demon from a boy that we're going to see here in a moment. They failed to heal him. And so they're using this opportunity to push back against the authority of Jesus. They're using this opportunity to scorn the disciples, to say, hey, you know, Jesus doesn't have authority. You don't have authority over demons. Look, you failed. Even though we know earlier the disciples had been given that authority and they had been successful in delivering people from demons. The the scribes are pushing back against them because... They failed. Well, listen, as as we minister in Jesus' name, as we step out in faith and ask God to meet people's needs, ask divine resources to meet actual needs of people in his name, we will fail as well. We won't always receive what it is that we prayed for. And so listen, those same accusations from our enemy will come at us. That same confusion will come into our minds. And 
And so listen, when that happens, you know, when the mountain doesn't move, when, when the, the seas don't part, when, when we come up short in trying to minister in Jesus' name, we need to remember, though we might come up short, Jesus never does. That is, listen, even if we fail, God's good purposes never do. And so listen, we, we've got to hang on to that in those moments. We, we've got to trust in that in those moments that even though we fall short, God never will. And so we just leave it in His hands. Well, it continues in verse 39 here, or, or verse 38, excuse me. And behold, a man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son. That is, look at him with favor. That's what that word means. For he is my only child. And behold, a spirit, that is, a demon, seizes him. That is the Greek word that's often translated into our English translations, uh, demon possessed, is the Greek words, is the Greek word daimonizomai. And that Greek word means under demonic influence. And it's a word that has a continuum. It's a word that means little demonic influence to extreme demonic influence like we see here with this young boy that we'll see here in a minute as it seized him and convulsed him and all that sort of thing. But listen, in that Greek word, there's not the idea of possession. And so I think absolutely that that term that we translate demon possession is actually a more confusing term than it is a helpful term because Possession conveys the idea that you have no choice, that you cannot exercise your free will. But even in our extreme case here, this, this young boy, even though he's out of control for moments, he, he doesn't lose his free will all the time. And so I think a better term is to transliterate the Greek word and just basically talk about being demonized and and think of it in terms of a continuum. And so the question comes in people's minds, can a Christian be demonized? And the answer is yes. The Bible is full of demons that, that tempt us to sin. They Demons distract us from God's will. Listen, demons inflict suffering upon us. We we allow footholds, Satan's footholds, demon footholds in our hearts when we don't resolve anger properly. We allow strongholds of demons in our minds when we don't renew our minds with the Word of God. So yes, a, a Christian can be demonized. Well, the question then comes, can a Christian be demonized to the point of that we would say they have a demon? Well, the answer to that is yes, but the Bible would say it is very abnormal. That is, it's kind of like the whole debate that you hear out there of, you know, how much can a Christian sin <laughs> and still be saved? 
Well, listen, the Bible doesn't answer that. It, it doesn't even think in those terms. What it does say is that if you are saved, you will love Jesus. And if you are saved, you will obey Jesus. And, and if you are part of the vine, that is Jesus, you are a branch, you will bear his fruit. To, to not do so would mean to not belong to him. And so the emphasis of Scripture, the focus of Scripture doesn't have anything to do with, you know, how much can I get away with and still get to heaven? It is totally the opposite. We should be making sure of our salvation. We should be abounding in love. We should be increasing in fruit. It should be more and more evident our faith in Jesus Christ. Well, it's the same when it comes to demonic influence. For a Christian to have a demon would be abnormal. Well, well why? Because we have authority over the demonic realm. And so listen, it is possible, however, it is possible for someone to be a believer and not really understand their identity in Christ, their position and authority in Christ, and therefore they can be in significant demonic bondage in their lives. It is possible for a believer to make some foolish decisions and open themselves up to demonic bondage through drugs or witchcraft or new age or even pornography. But again, the focus of Scripture is our victory in Jesus Christ. Greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. Well, our passage continues here in verse 39. It says, And he suddenly cries out, it convulses him so that he foams at the mouth and shatters him and will hardly leave him. That is the physical symptoms that we see here we would probably call today an epileptic seizure. And so we have a physical ailment, but it has a spiritual cause. Now, not all epileptic seizures are demonic. And, but as believers, we should at least consider that possibility. Because listen, we are body, mind, and spirit. And so we should treat the whole person. And so listen, if you have a health problem or a health issue, listen, you should look at your diet. You know, you, you should manage your stress. You should look at exercise. You, sh you should go to the doctor. But also you should consider your spiritual condition. You should look to the spiritual aspect because it could be demonic or it could be exaggerated by demons. And so listen, you should confess your sin. You should apply the blood of Jesus Christ to your life. And you should be filled with the Spirit. And then listen, you should rebuke that illness. You should say, in the name of Jesus, 
unclean spirit, spirit of sickness, whatever it is, leave and do not return. Because it might be a demonic attack. For example, I've, I've had demonic attacks in my ministry many times over the years. I've been attacked before I've even got up to preach. And so I just very calmly, very normally say, you don't have to yell or get animated or anything like that. Unclean spirit, spirit of sickness, leave and do not return. Now sometimes that's enough, but sometimes the battle is intense and And I do want to recognize that. Sometimes I have battled all night long to the moment I stepped into the pulpit. So sometimes the war is intense. But I don't have to get animated. I just need to speak in the authority and power of Jesus. Or, for example, maybe you have panic attacks. And so listen, if you do, you, you do need to kind of identify and, and manage what your triggers are. Uh, you, you need to, you know, replace the lies that you're believing with the Word of God. You need to capture that thought. You need to captivate that thought and, and change it and, and put God's Word in its place. But you should also consider... The demonic, because Satan loves to incite us with fear. And so sometimes that irrational fear is demonically originated. Or, listen, he intensifies fear that we already have. I I think this happens all the time. And so listen, what you need to do in that moment is this. I do this all the time. You need to rebuke that spirit of fear. You need to say, spirit of fear, leave in Jesus' name and do not return. And then in its place, I put God's word at the forefront in my mind. And I quote 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given me a spirit of fear. That's why I'm rebuking it. For God has not given me a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. Well, our passage continues in verse 40. It says this, And I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation. Jesus is deeply moved here by, you know, the word O kind of indicates the the depth of how he's moved in grief over this situation. And listen, he's in pain. He's in pain over this generation, over the crowd. Listen, even over the nine disciples that were left behind that failed, that fell short in helping this boy. He's grieving over their unbelief and the perverseness of their thinking. That is, listen, unbelief always leads to more perverseness. It always leads to twisted thinking. 
It always leads to twisted morality. It always leads to twisted affections. That is, listen, when we are struggling with our faith, when we have unbelief in our hearts, what happens is we, we are hardening our hearts towards God because we're angry at Him, we're disappointed in Him, we're doubting Him, and when we harden our hearts towards God, listen, we turn away from Him and we want to go back to our old ways. We want to go back to our old idols and, and give up on God. Verse 41 continues, How long am I to be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. That is, even though Jesus is lamenting (laughs) over their unbelief, I mean, he feels that. I mean, he feels the burden of, man, I... They just don't get it. He he feels that. I wish they would just have faith in me. I wish they would just believe. And even though he is so disappointed, he still moves in compassion towards his father and his son. Verse 42. While he was coming, the demon threw him to the ground and convulse him. That is, he was coming to Jesus. And so listen, I want us to see the tactics of the evil one here. This is a last ditch effort to intimidate, to intimidate Jesus, to intimidate this father and son. This is a last ditch effort for the devil to hold the ground. That is, the devil's attacks get most intense when he is about to lose. When someone's about to get saved, when you're about to get a breakthrough, when you're about to get set free from something, when you're about to go to the next level of your growth, the battle will always get most intense because Satan wants you to stop. He wants you to give in. He wants you to give up. He wants you to go away in despair. He wants to keep you stuck. He does not want you to believe and step into the life and power that God has for you. Listen, Satan always gets loudest before he loses Hear me, church. Satan always gets loudest before he loses. And so do not give up. Do not give in. Do not despair. Do not fear. Only believe. Listen, the disciples had a private powwow with Jesus and asked him, you know, we we cast out all these demons and we were ministering your name. Well, why why did we fail here? And so the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus responds to them and he said to them, because of your little faith, 
For truly, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Well, our text continues here in verse 42. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit. That's what we should do too. And healed the boy. That is, listen, Jesus isn't thrown off by Satan's tactics. He's not intimidated in the least. Jesus is in you. Don't be thrown off by the devil's tactics. Don't be thrown off when he gets loudest before he loses. Don't be intimidated. Do not give in. Do not give up. And gave him back to his father. Verse 43, the first part ends this way, and we'll kind of unpack the second part of verse 43 next week. It says this, And all were astonished at the majesty of God. Let's pray. You might close your eyes and bow your head, or if not, that's fine too. You know, prayer is just conversation with God. It just sometimes helps to bow our heads, close our eyes for focus, but it doesn't matter. God just wants to meet with you. So let's pray. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more sermons like this, visit us online at gracechapel.cc 